Will you pray with me? Oh Lord, may the words of my mouth, may the thoughts and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, there's a funny story about a little girl who was learning to pray the Lord's Prayer. You see, uh, she and her mother would say it every night before bed until one night uh, she was ready to say it all by herself. And so she prayed, uh, Our Father, who art in heaven, herald be thy name. Of course, there's uh, also the story of the boy who prayed, Give us our steak and our daily bread. Uh, Or my personal favorite, uh, the little girl who closed, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from email. Well, as many of you know, uh, this year during the season of Lent, we are working our way through Luther's small catechism. And over the past several weeks, we have uh, explored several of its chief parts, of which there are six. And so we have uh, covered topics like uh, confession, uh, the Lord's Supper, the Creed, and tonight uh, we arrive in another very significant section uh, in Luther's little work, a section on the Lord's Prayer. If you're anything like me, when you uh, begin to think about prayer and the Lord's Prayer, it probably calls to mind uh, significant prayers or, or moments of prayer in your life. And uh, it's certainly the case for me. Uh, as I begin to think about prayer, I find myself uh, thinking about the prayer that my father and I used to say uh, every single night uh, before I went to bed. And we said that prayer probably a, a thousand, five thousand times while I was growing up. And, and now I say that prayer with Grant before bed. And when I think about it, what I think about is a prayer that shaped my life and in many ways uh, might just shape Grant's. Or, you know, I, uh, I think about uh, the prayer that my family started praying uh, before meals when I entered into confirmation. You see, I'm the, uh, the oldest of four children, and praying before meals was uh, the pious act our family uh, started when the oldest child started confirmation. Uh, and what I remember about that prayer is the way it transformed meals for us. Transform meals from uh, something that would start as an all-out free-for-all to something that actually started with a word of thanks. Or I, uh, I think about the prayer that uh, my mom insisted uh, that the two of us pray uh, before I had a, a surgery while I was in high school. It was a minor outpatient procedure, but I, I remember sitting in the parking lot at 6.30 in the morning at this place, and my mom stops and says, when we do things like this, we need to pray. And, you know, these are uh, just a few of the very significant prayers and moments of prayer in my life. And I imagine that when you begin to think about prayer and the Lord's Prayer, uh, moments like these come to yours. Stories about the way in which God uses prayer to shape our lives of faith. You know, we're going to spend a few minutes thinking uh, about the Lord's Prayer and prayer tonight. I'm going to teach about it. Uh, But what strikes me is that at its core... Prayer and the Lord's Prayer isn't so much about our thinking or a right kind of thinking or knowledge or understanding. Instead, it's about this thing that God uses to shape our lives and to draw us closer to him. As he brings us uh, to the reading we just heard a little bit earlier, the story where Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. 
And for just a moment, I want you to think about the, the kind of experiences uh, that Jesus and his disciples would have had following him in ministry uh, for the better part of three years. Uh, and that's because uh, they have experienced all sorts of things, challenges and complexities. Uh, many of the challenges and complexities that people like you and me uh, face in our lives, challenges and complexities that so often drive us to Jesus. And so I, uh, I think about that story in Luke chapter 4 where Peter's mother-in-law is sick with a fever. And imagine what it must have been like for, for Peter and for his family as, uh, as they realize the significance of this event, that, that uh, his mother-in-law's health was out of his hands. Well, then I wonder what it would have been like uh, for some of the other disciples, maybe John, as, uh, as he follows Jesus from city to city to city. And as he enters these cities, he encounters beggar after beggar, and he wants to do something anything to help them. Uh, but then he's confronted by the reality, what do you do when there's so much need and you're only one person? Or then I think about the constant pressure that all of the disciples would have felt. I mean, Jesus' disciples live in a fractured society. People and society have, have learned to get along, but just barely. And, you know, there's got to be something better than this. This is what I imagine they would have thought, but, but no one really knows how to get there. And it's with all this in mind that my only surprise in Luke chapter 11 is that it's taken this long. It's taken this long for one of Jesus' disciples to pull him aside and say, Lord, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us like other rabbis. Teach us like John taught his disciples because, because reality, life as we experience it, drives us to our need for God and what he does in Jesus. Now, it was several years ago uh, that a Lutheran pastor and uh, professor posted an article on his blog uh, about prayer. In his post, uh, he begins with a rather surprising confession, the confession uh, that says, I don't really understand prayer. That's how he begins. I, I don't really understand prayer. I, I know I'm supposed to do it, and I do, but that doesn't mean that I understand it. He goes on to say, I don't understand, for example, how it works, and, and I'm not always sure what I'm supposed to do or say or pray, and, and I still ask questions about all my unanswered prayers. And then he goes on to ask the readers of his blog to share their questions and their struggles. And their responses are fascinating and in a lot of ways familiar. I mean, there's the, the woman who struggled with prayer for, for many years. My struggle, she writes, uh, started when my friend's husband was dying of cancer. And I prayed fervently for him, but but several months later, he passed away, and I couldn't stop wondering why God wouldn't answer. And she asks uh, and echoes this question that many of us ask, uh, why does God answer some prayers and not others? And then there's Ron. Uh, Ron, who wants to know, are all prayers answered? I believe they are, but, but I've been playing for the Cubs for years, and I'm still waiting on an answer. This is back before the Cubs had won the World Series. Uh, and if you're anything like me, it makes you wonder, is there such a thing as a silly or, or inappropriate prayer? And finally, there's uh, Renee. Renee uh, who comments, uh, 
I used to pray every night before bed. Uh, but after saying the same prayer for, for decades, I stopped. Because I didn't feel like it had meaning anymore. And, and her comment reveals something that many of us wonder. You know, what's the point in praying the same prayer over and over and over and over again? And, and even more than that, what's the point in praying when God already knows the answer? These are uh, just a few of the good and important questions that people like you and I might ask about prayer. And and truth be told, it's not so different from the kind of question uh, that Jesus' disciples come to them and ask their master. Lord, they say, teach us how to pray. Teach us like other rabbis. Teach us like John taught his disciples. And as he responds, here's what I, I want you to notice see, Jesus' response, it's not so much about what to pray or how to pray, but simply that you pray. At least for me, this is a reminder that the biggest obstacle in my prayer life often isn't the answer to the questions I ask. Though those are certainly important. Instead, the, the biggest obstacle in my prayer life is often just doing the very thing that Jesus commands. And maybe this is why uh, Jesus teaches them and us the Lord's Prayer, because uh, the what and the how aren't the most important part. Though, as we'll see, there's a whole lot to the what and how of the Lord's Prayer. Instead, it's about this thing that God uses to shape our lives and to draw us closer to him. And so the time we have remaining, I want you to consider His prayer, the Lord's prayer, the 69 words that Jesus teaches us to pray. I want you to consider them, and then uh, as we pray it later in the service, I want you to think about it and imagine how it does just that, how it shapes our lives and how it draws us closer to him. You see, the Lord's prayer begins with a very simple observation, the observation that our God is special, he's unique, that he's unlike any other, he's holy, we say. And then it goes on to make a rather bold request. You see, we pray that that the way things are in heaven, we pray that that's also how they would be here on earth. You know, the rest of the prayer just consists of of a series of petitions in which we ask for everything that is needed for that to happen. So we ask for our daily bread, the the food and clothing, the house and home, the the things that that bring his kingdom to bear here on earth. And then we ask for good relationships, the ability to forgive and to be forgiven. And finally, we ask for endurance that that we're not led astray, that we're not tried beyond our abilities as he works in our midst. You know, the promise he makes in this prayer, promise that we encounter in the passage just around it, is that he's the one who makes it happen. That, that he's the one who provides what we need. Not necessarily what we want, but what we need as he shapes our lives and as he draws us closer to him. And that's how a, a Lutheran pastor and professor can say with full conviction, even though I don't understand prayer completely, I still do it. Because prayer isn't about thinking or the right kind of thinking, or knowledge, or understanding. Instead, it's about the God who draws us close. The God who draws us close through the life, death, and resurrection of his Son, and the God who draws us close through the working of his Spirit, 
and through our prayers, as he gives us strength, as he provides for our needs, and as he brings his kingdom to bear here on earth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.